I'm Angela Ross, and this is SoCal Voices. Courtney McKenna is a Los Angeles-based artist and marketer on a mission to help society shift into a healthier and happier collective. She has started over a dozen businesses as a creative entrepreneur, and she's most passionate about helping women and other entrepreneurs to unlock their full potential by empowering them with practical tools and wisdom so they can stand in their power. She's here today to discuss the challenges she has faced in life and how she took the leap to achieve her goals and dreams. What she has to say may also help you. Courtney McKenna, welcome to SoCal Voices. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. So from an early age, you have said that you found music to be really helpful in, in, in helping you deal with challenges that you faced as, as a youngster. Can you talk about um, how music helped you? Sure. Um, you know, at first, I think it was just a really fun thing. I remember I mean, I started singing in church choir when I was like three or four years old. So, oh, you know, wow. it wasn't necessarily a therapy at that point. I just remember being like, oh, I can make so many cool sounds with my voice, you know, and our teacher was talking, telling us about the vowels and how to, you know, a lot of what we learn just as talking is singing, but just in a more like intentional way. So I have specific memories of, of that and like element. Yeah, probably like kindergarten, elementary school. But it, yeah, it wasn't really until middle school, high school when I really started to, you know, be extra confused and just sort of, uh, you know, my parents divorced when I was around five. So mm -hmm. when I was a teenager, it was really hard for me to sort of understand the dynamic of their relationship and like who was really telling the truth, you know, because my dad struggled with alcoholism and he would always talk poorly of my mom and my mom was doing the best that she could, but she was a single parent, you know, raising us with um, a nonprofit salary. So, you know, it was a confusing time and I, I felt like I didn't really have anyone to talk to. You know, my sister and I were never that close. We fought a lot. <laughs> she and she's younger than me too. So I think a lot of the time I felt responsible to like protect her from mm. a lot of stuff. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah, music really became just a way to sort of escape, if you will. And also um I started writing songs when I was around that age and I never shared them with anyone. It was more just, you know, poetry and just letting my feelings out, which um, was really needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I think a lot of us um, underestimate the impact of of divorce on on kids, mm -hmm. and that's not to say that sometimes divorce is is obviously the best option in the long run because if two people are together and they're you know just not meshing well, that's yeah. not a healthy environment for, for kids, but mm -hmm. the, the aftermath of the split can, can be traumatic and it, it can, it can certainly have an, an effect. So it is important to have coping mechanisms. And, you know, when you think about all the other ways you could have chosen to so-called uh, cope, uh, music was a really safe and <laughs> um, not self-destructive um, path for you to take. So what, yeah. and, and, and you're writing, um, when you were yeah. writing poetry, when you started doing that and, and mm -hmm. really getting into music as a way of, of helping you escape, what, mm -hmm. what were some of the messages that you were, that was coming through in your writing and what kind of music appealed to you most? Mm, great questions. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't remember specifically what I was writing about. I know it was about 
my dad and feeling lonely and feeling like, you know, I wanted his love and affection. And he, because we didn't live with him full time, we would just see him on holidays and vacations. I think um, that was hard. And even when we did see him, he didn't really know how to give us affection. You know, he would sort of um, give us money (laughs) here and there (laughs) or like, um, yeah, try to buy us things, which was also like, oh, you know, it felt nice, but it wasn't really like what I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he didn't really know how to do that. And so now that I'm older and I've worked through a lot of it, (laughs) I can see it a lot clearer. But um, yeah, I, I think even up until recently in the past few years, like that has been a consistent theme through my writing. And I also have learned that, you know, writing is a lot like scripting. So it's like, if you write something over and over, you kind of get into this loop. So I've been really trying to push myself to write about different things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try to, um, the, you know, you kind of end up living the story you tell, right. It's, it's totally. kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I have much bigger ambitions mm-hmm. than just being like a sad, lonely artist. <laughs> <laughs> and but, so the music, what kind of music was um, interesting to you? What, what appealed um, to you? Most? Yeah. So I, when, you know, my mom would play a lot of country music, um, classical Christian talk radio. <laughs> um, I, I remember just, you know, listening to anything that I could find on the mainstream radio because mm-hmm. I couldn't, like, I wasn't really allowed to listen to that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And my first tape that I ever bought was the first thing of music. <laughs> it was a tape, um, of TLC. Mm-hmm. So wow. yeah, I don't, consider myself to be, you know, any bit of an R&B artist, but any, any kind of like, well, blues is definitely an influence in my music today. Mm-hmm. So I guess that, that part of soul has stuck with me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Again, it's good that you found something that you like and, you know, TLC is not a bad place to start there. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Waterfall. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Very uh, inspiring <laughs> message for a lot of folks. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, talk about how you took this, this feeling, these feelings of loneliness and all of the stuff, you know, that comes with um, everything you went through from your parents' divorce and trying to find your way. When did you like turn the corner and figure out, you know, what you're doing is your calling in terms of the writing and the creativity and, and your ability professionally as you, as you move through your career? Um, so I went to school for marketing Mm -hmm. and, um, when I got out of college, I, I actually suffered from a lot of burnout in college. And I, I realized that again, you know, looking back on it, it was really, I, I think a, a skill of being a perfectionist that I developed like growing up because, you know, that's a way to try to control your environment and feel a little bit less unstable when everything else around you is kind of chaotic. So I was really, I put way too much pressure on myself through college and I graduated early because I just, I couldn't handle it to be there anymore. And um, essentially after that, I moved to New York to work in fashion and marketing. And when I got there, I was like, I can't do this. This is not like, I, I can't work in an office. Like I did a lot of internships and um, my first boyfriend out there was musician. So that's when I really like started, you know, singing background vocals with different groups and nothing. I, I just couldn't be in an office. Like I, I think I would just push myself way too hard in college. And um, so I waited tables and I babysat and I did like everything that I could, you know, I worked as a costume designer for a little bit, which was really fun, but you know, ultimately <laughs> 
I I moved into this apartment that was all musicians. And that was really when, um, you know, I was, I sort of saw that they were doing this and that it was an option because growing up, like I was always in band and choir and that sort of thing, but I just never knew that like music school was an option for me, you know, and I also always have seen my grandfather and his success. And so I wanted to study marketing because I also, my mom sort of worked in that like nonprofit fundraising world and that sort of overlapped. And so it, it wasn't really until I guess four years in New York of waiting tables and just being an artist and just sort of like really rediscovering myself, you know, that I was able to to actually realize that, okay, I could potentially do marketing and music because, you know, the marketing job can give me a stable paycheck so that I can actually work on like my art and my craft and, and getting it out there. So, so when you started doing marketing, then were, were you trying to get clients or were you working in an office initially? How did, how did that come about? How did you get that stability so that you could, you could focus a little bit more on the music? It definitely took a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Stability is not necessarily something that I have had a lot of in my life. You know, it's been a blessing and a curse, I guess, because on one hand, I think I have a really high tolerance for that sort of bumpy road, but Mm -hmm. each year that passes, I'm like, oh man, I need to build (laughs) some more stability in my life. (laughs) So um, yeah, at first it was really just, um, I got hired by an art space, a community art space to help produce shows. And so it was really hands-on. I was meeting with people. Um, I was putting art on the walls, you know, promoting their events, bringing people in the space. And that was, that was kind of the beginning of it. After that, I did work in um, an agency for a little bit and that was super stressful. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked in a, a tech startup because I was, you know, chasing those dollars and <laughs> that was even worse. But um, I think that was also another breaking point because I was like, oh, now I just want to do music full time. You know, yeah. I find this balance, but it was like I went too deep on the business side of things. And um, so I became a tour manager. And that, you know, that job is also mm-hmm. stressful, but like in the other way, because it's like babysitting a bunch of adults basically <laughs> on the road. And um, yeah, it, it has just since I moved to Los Angeles, I've been able to, to really, you know, find a better balance. Um, I started working for Tom's in their marketing department, and that was probably the best corporate job that I've had to date. And it kind of gave me, um, you know, a refreshing belief that like there are good people out there. <laughs> you can, you can work in an office and, and still uh, have some humanity yeah, exactly. uh, uh, around you. And it's, 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 it's uh, wonderful that you discovered that, but it sounds like your calling really is more on the creative side than in the sort of uh, office in, environment. You know, you, you mentioned your grandfather and uh, I know in, in, you know, looking at some of your background, you've talked about being inspired by his um, abilities in community building. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you can share a little bit about that and how that has helped you on the music side of what you do. Sure. Yeah. This is really the foundation too of what I help my marketing clients with now is that, you know, when you want to build a business, you need customers, right? So part of that is like getting your messaging clear and like, what are you selling and why are you selling it? And, 
all of that. But the biggest thing that, you know, directly has helped me with my music is just encouraging people to come together over something greater than myself. And I think that's what community building is about. You know, it's not so much about the product that's being sold. It's like, how can you create something that people want to be a part of? And I mean, Tom's was a, a great example of that. You know, everyone wanted to buy this shoe that didn't necessarily cost as much as it, you know, it, it wasn't like um, a crazy design or anything like that, but it was just because the part of the income would help other people to have shoes as well. And that were, you know, they pioneered that one-for-one business model. So my grandpa, he, he started a program for high schoolers where if they went to this grad night party, that was a sober event, then they could have the chance to win a car. Mm-hmm. So it really, you know, helped the community because they had a a big problem with teenagers going out and getting drunk and getting hurt or, or what have you. And he had a, that was his personal story as well, you know, um, and he didn't want that for his community. So that was just one part of it, but it's like, you know, whenever they'd have events, it was like, they would serve food for people. It was, it was a whole place where people could come and gather and be together in real life, (laughs) you know? And I think that that's something that we really forget about because there are online communities, but you know, if you're, if there's a place where you can go, where you feel safe and you can connect with someone and, you know, maybe it is free food (laughs) that brings you there or something like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the point is that, you know, there's, there's something greater that unites you. We'll be back right after this. Handle with Care Cancer and Beyond is a podcast that keeps it real. Each episode, your hosts, Carrie Madrid and Chris Donovan, welcome guests that tell their story of how cancer affected them, whether it be good, bad, or they're just f***ing stable. This show speaks the truth about living with the C word. Join Carrie and Chris on Handle with Care, Cancer and Beyond at thisisfunner.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk a little bit more about your music. Where, where in the music world are you? What do you do? And how do you get what you're doing out to everybody else so they can hear what you're doing? Sure. So I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I, I, yeah, so I write my songs, I sing them, I play guitar. Um, I do a little bit of piano and drums, but I wouldn't consider myself a a keyboard player or a drummer. (laughs) Um, and yeah, most of my music is folk rock and roll. So definitely guitar based. Um, um, whenever I play cover gigs, it's a lot of seventies and nineties era stuff. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the, you know, heyday of the guitar, if you will, <laughs> and and of the singer songwriter. So oh, yeah. I resonate a lot with that, um, those sounds. Who are some of your favorites? I love Bonnie Raitt. I know she just won a Grammy. Yeah, she song. did. Yes, she did. <laughs> Wonderful. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hadn't heard it yet, so I had to go listen to her new song. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's storytelling, and I think that that's super powerful. So my ultimate goal with music is just to inspire people and I think it sound in itself works at that subconscious level. So, you know, right now I'm in the process of writing a new record. And as we mentioned, as we talked about earlier, it's like, you know, sometimes it's just really easy to write about those surface level emotions. Like, oh, I'm so frustrated today, or I'm just like, you know, I'm angry about this thing, or, you know, the loneliness sometimes does creep up even when I'm super engaged in my community now and and loving my job and, and my work. So I've, definitely been working to be more intentional and like what the music, the messaging that my music puts out, because Mm -hmm. 
I know that it can be super transformative if I let it. So, yeah, I'm sure people benefit from, from hearing your, your, your deepest and your most authentic, you know, message, what, what, whatever that is. And, and people can tell when you're being like real and when, when you're not, you know, and I I think that's really what people gravitate towards is, is, is uh, that the realness and and your ability to, to just be so transparent. So are are you on a, on a major label? Are you uh, independently produced? How are you working to get your music out? Yeah, I'm an independent artist. Mm -hmm. So um, I pay for my band. I pay for all of my own promotion, any sort of, you know, video content creation, everything. (laughs) It's all me. Well, Um, you have, you also have the skill to do that, right. As, as a marketer, you, you have um, that and it's hard to wear all those hats. Sometimes I'm pretty sure, (laughs) but, but you know, but, but that I would think in some ways that that really helps um, you with the, with the business side, if you will, of yeah. uh, music, because like, like any art that you pursue, there's, there's the art part. And then there's all this other stuff you have to do uh, just yeah. so people can, and can see and hear, hear what you're doing. So how do you work that? Yeah. So last year I hired a, an assistant who helps me like five hours a week. And that has been huge because um, there is a lot of just technical stuff, you know, and it's not super complicated. It's just like, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah, So that has been really helpful. Um, she's great. She helps me do a lot of research too. So, you know, even when I'm planning out this new record, like I'm looking at artists who I think I'm similar to and trying to just learn more about who their fans are, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be able to serve them as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, I mostly do um, Instagram posts as my main channel that I like to work through, but I did start um, my own podcast that's just one episode a month and it's specifically on music and indie artists. So that's been really fun. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that that's you, you, um, you have a lot going on. And yeah. as long as you have the energy to do it, I mean, that's, that's really fantastic. I, I want to touch a little bit more on what you referenced earlier about your tolerance for instability. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a very interesting observation about yourself mm-hmm. and, and how you've been able to leverage that in what you're doing now. I mean, it, it yeah. sounds like you you've really, you've just created your own lane, right? You know, I'm, I'm going to do my marketing and I'm going to do my music and I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And I can still, you know, pay the bills and, and eat and, and keep a roof o- over your head, but talk a little bit more about how you help other people get through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of people don't pursue what they really want to do sometimes because of fear Mm-hmm. Um, related to lack of stability, you know, they get yeah. all into the, what if it doesn't work as opposed to, well, what if it does work? Right. Yeah. So how, how can you help listeners to this show navigate that, that feeling? How, how do you get through that so that you go ahead and get to the, the thing that you really want to do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so much to say on this topic. <laughs> no, that's why you're here. Yeah. I'm so, glad. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, for me, it was really like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Like I remember, especially in, in 2018, when I was like, I only want to do music, but then I was like, oh, but I don't want to work for anyone else. So I have to also have a marketing business. Like, am I about to do both of these things? That sounds insane, you know? And um, yeah, it took some time and it took some different jobs 
here and there, different companies um, and freelancing. And finally, last year was the first year that I really like was able to find this good balance, you know? So the fear of it, I think you just have to really get your mind straight around it. And, you know, there's always multiple perspectives to everything. So it's like, whenever you're feeling like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's like, well, you're deciding that you can't. So you can choose, you can choose to decide otherwise, but you have to reframe it for yourself. And even when you do that, you know, there might be other sort of resistance that comes up, but ultimately, like, if you don't go for it, you're never going to know, you know? And I mean, I think we're all capable of amazing, amazing things. And it can be scary, but, um, you know, the, the amount of times that I've just, I've also been so harsh on myself because something hasn't been work, working out or I've, I've hit rock bottom again, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the amount of times where I've been like moving money from account to account. And it's just like, I'm done with this. Like I can't, you know, on the outside, it looks like I'm thriving, but then, you know, it, it can be hard to, to juggle. And that's sort of, especially as an artist, I think, you know, a lot of time and finances go into creating music. And so it's something that I think a lot of people don't really fully understand. Like even as an artist, it's hard to understand because Mm -hmm. it's like, it's so deeply engraved in our mind, our collective psyche that like, if you are an artist, you're just going to be broke because people can get away with not paying artists. And it's like something that people are super passionate about. So I think there's, you know, a lot of taking advantage of because mm-hmm. you should be grateful if you have a gig, like, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to, to sort of change that and to, to really help musicians and women <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to value ourselves and mm-hmm. our, you know, our skills more, because yeah. I definitely had to work through that myself, you know? Yeah. And so you, you have a, a, a really good perspective to help share with others, anyone, but in, in women in particular though, because we, you're right, we do tend to minimize, dim the light, you know, yeah. go along to get along kind of thing. Um, even when we're trying to pursue things. So that's, that's, uh, that's an important message. Um, and it just sounds like just stick with it. You kind of have to, to own that, your thing. Like, this is what I want to do. And so these are going to be some of the areas that might get a little prickly while I'm pursuing my thing. And Mm -hmm. I guess it's just the tolerance uh, to deal with those so that you, you, you reach your goal. Um, Yeah. And, and a a big part of it too, I think is um, one thing you mentioned earlier, it's like, if you're in this place of fear, it's really easy to focus on the things that are maybe not going so well or that are scary. And it's like the more that you focus on those things as opposed to where you want to go and the vision that, you know, inspired you in the first place, you're going to veer from where you actually want to go. So it's, it really is like focusing on, you know, the positive things, even if they're really small, you know, it's like those little small bits, they add up. Focus on the wins and everyone leads to another win um, if you stick with it. And talk a little bit about recalibrating because, you know, you talk about multiple failures, uh, failing forward, right? Sometimes we talk about that. What's the best way to recalibrate and and just be real about where you are so that you see the adjustments you have to make and be willing to make those adjustments? How how have you done that? Um, I journal a lot. So, you know, I think... At first, it was just an additional way to like let out emotions and sort of, you know, 
word vomit, if you will. Um, but I, especially in these past few years, like I've really had a solid forgiveness practice. So, um, that, you know, that can be done through prayer or through journaling or through meditation, hypnosis. Um, I've, I kind of use all of those different ways. And I think part of that is just, it's like acknowledging where you are and that that's okay, you know, and it's like giving yourself grace to be like, all right, I wanted things to go this way and I didn't do it, but it's okay. And I forgive myself. And it's just like resetting the energy between you and your past self, or even between you and another person, you know, anytime that there's someone on my mind and I'm thinking and thinking and thinking about a situation, it's like, I, I try to just give myself a couple of minutes to do this like meditation on forgiveness. It really does just reset, you know, and it's like, it gives you a little more peace of mind. And that has been huge for me because only then it's like, all right, I can focus now on like, whatever the next step is and be more present and whatever I'm working on. So that's, yeah, huge. that is, that's great. And it, it also is very consistent with what you said earlier about focusing how you can get something done, yeah. you know, because if you're constantly beating yourself up and not being very forgiving of yourself, yeah. uh, being perfectionist and being super hard on yourself, you, yeah. you, you, you get stuck, right? You, you're not going to be able to move forward. And it, it is about making progress and moving forward. That's, that's what uh, you want to do. Cause that's what gets you to your goal. Yeah. I've definitely been there before where it's like, everything feels like this, you know, it's like your shoulders are up to your neck. Cause it's like so stressful. And I can't, it's sometimes I have had a few creative songs come out of that mostly like really angry, more punk rock style stuff, but it's like, it's, that is not what is going to necessarily, you know, change the world. And that's just the surface of it. Like at the end of the day, like the thoughts start to race and then you get into this downward spiral, you know, and that's a really scary place to be in. So yeah, sometimes you just got to pause. Like, yeah. Yeah. Re- yeah. Reset. Reset. Love that. Love that. So where can folks go to hear your music and where can they find you on social? I am at Courtney McKenna on Instagram and my music website is Courtney McKenna dot rocks. So you can check that out. And if you're interested in possibly working with me as a marketing client, my marketing business is uh, Courtney McKenna productions.com. Love the entrepreneurial spirit. It is totally great, totally awesome, and such a delight to talk with you, Courtney. Whatever instability you were dealing with earlier in your life, you seem to just have this calm zen about you now. You know, you know where your lane is. You know what you're doing, and um, that that peace and that steadiness that you can share and impart uh, to your clients and to people who listen to uh, your music is is a good thing. So thanks so much uh, for your time. Really pleasure to chat with you. You, Yeah, it's been great talking with you. I'm Angela Ross. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow SoCal Voices on social media at SoCal Voices and hop on over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. We love to hear from our listeners. So drop us a line at contact us at SoCalVoices.com.